Hello, and welcome to the Activation Nation podcast, your weekly source of actionable advice from industry experts in self-development, health, life vantage products, network marketing, and more to help you activate your wellness, your business, and your life. Today's episode focuses on self, one of the four pillars of belief. But first, the legal stuff. You may hear our guests talk about the income they've earned or how their health has been affected with LifeVantage. Please note that the average annual earnings of a typical active LifeVantage distributor in 2021 was $704. For the most up-to-date information, please click the link in our show notes. Any product statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, here's your host to dive into today's story to help you activate your life. Hello, Life Vantage family, and welcome to another episode of Activation Nation. I'm Kristen Cunningham, the Chief Sales Officer, and I had the amazing opportunity to sit down and to talk with one of our members of our board of directors, Darwin Lewis. Darwin has been a member of our board since February 2017 and has a tremendous background in business, an incredible history with some amazing um, amazing work that he's done at one big company that he's going to talk a little bit about. But really, this episode is all about why Darwin chose LifeVantage and why he is so excited about everything that we have coming, plus some great tips that he has just from his perspective um, from the business side of his life and for entrepreneurs. So you guys are going to love this. All right. Well, Darwin, we are so excited to have you on our podcast. I know that you have been at LifeVantage for a few years and our field absolutely loves every time they get a chance to hear from you. But we have a lot of new people um, in our LifeVantage family, especially new consultants. So I would love to start and just ask you to share a little bit of your background with us. Sure, Kristen. First of all, it's it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I spent 36 years with one company, which I know is, is atypical. Uh, in the current environment, but uh, a great company called SC Johnson, a family company, uh, privately owned out of Racine, Wisconsin. They are one of the largest uh, manufacturers of cleaning products, insect control products, home storage products uh, in the world. Uh, Started out in sales, carrying a sales bag and uh, moved uh, up pretty much every two to three years as a district manager, regional manager, all the way up to a vice president of sales uh, in North America. Uh, I also spent three years as the general manager in Canada and four years as a vice president and general manager uh, in greater China, which includes China, Taiwan, and Hong Kong. And then the the latter part of my career, I was senior vice president, a global uh, chief customer officer. So I had responsibility for global sales. so it was an exciting ride, and uh, it was various uh, assignments, uh, mostly in sales, but also in marketing and acquisitions. And uh, it was a, a great company and a great experience. I love that. Well, so with your background and just that incredible career, I know the next question that everybody is going to be asking is, why Life Vantage, and what had you interested in that? Sure. I joined LifeVantage in uh, 2017. And what me, what made me decide to join LifeVantage is I really started at 10,000 feet and wanted to identify, does the mission and the values of LifeVantage align to my 
personal mission and values. Because if I'm going to be involved with an enterprise, I need to be all in. And I can only make that commitment if the mission values and the objectives of the company align with mine. So the first thing I took a look at was what is the mission at LifeVantage? And when I looked at it in terms of leveraging the power of relationships to unlock the health and wealth of every life we touch, that connects with me in terms of, of my focus and, and my objectives in life. I mean, if I can help the, the health and wellness of others, that, that suits me very well and inspires me. In the company I used to work for 35 years, their mission was we were inspired by family to make life better. So to me, these are higher order benefits. It's a great fit uh, in terms of my values. The second area I always look for is what is the product or service? What's the foundational items or products the company has? And when I looked at LifeVantage, first of all, their objective is to uh, provide clean products that activate health. And when I look specifically at the history of LifeVantage, as you know, you know, it's all about ProTandem Nerf 2. And I love having products that are grounded in science and that provide a significant improvement in your life by, as you know, reducing your activated stress by 40% in 30 days. And to me, that's foundational. And then everything else builds off of that. So then we get collagen and NAD and Omega, and I could go on and on. But what is important for me is to have a purpose and have innovative products. Yeah, I love I, I love that you I love that you shared a little bit about just the mission and how that connects you to a company. And you know, I think our consultants really relate to that too. And you know, I guess just maybe a follow-up question on that. How was that important in your career to really, I think sometimes people don't give enough emphasis to just how important that mission is and being aligned at that level. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and for me, you know, like I said, if I'm going to commit and make a commitment to an organization, I don't go in at 50%. I go at 100%. And Sometimes it's an issue. I go 24-7. I got to back off a little bit. But I can only make that commitment if their values and their mission are consistent with what's important in my life. So, you know, there are certain industries and certain products I just cannot get behind and I cannot support. And I won't, I don't need to go into those. But when I looked at LifeVantage and health and wellness and, and improving all the people, all the lives that we touch, to me, it's just, it's a great fit. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and rewarding, too, to feel like you're helping people on another level. So I, I love that that was a big part of your journey. Exactly. Uh, and then the third area I look at is, is kind of the culture of the people. You know, what are the dynamics? What, what type of people work at this organization? <clears throat> and what I found is there's very dynamic, hardworking uh, individuals throughout the organization. And some of the key themes that I, I could see from the outside looking in is the company was focused in on winning. And I love to win. They also are focused in on giving back. And to me, that's really important. I mean, numbers and dollars are important, but the higher order benefit in my, in my life and my experience is not only what you achieve, it's what you give and the people you impact. And then the third area that is also important to me is to celebrate the wins. You know, we all work hard. We all want to win. But I think it's, it's important at times to step back and, and to have those, those celebrations, whether or not they're big ones or small ones. 
I love that. Yeah. I mean, this is so in alignment with, I think, what a consultant kind of has to go through on their checklist of, of finding that company to join. And I guess my next question for you is, you know, if you're putting yourself, you know, you were looking at Life Vantage as, you know, prospective board member, but if you're putting yourself kind of in the shoes of that person who's saying, you know, I, I want to either start a, a job with a full-time income with Life Vantage or a side hustle what what advice would you tell somebody who is really evaluating becoming a, a consultant for? What would you uh, give? What advice would you give to them? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. I mean, I would start similar to where I started, meaning I would go back to our mission. And if I'm looking at joining LifeVantage, I would say, do I align and am I committed to unlocking the health and wealth in everyone that we touch? Mm-hmm. And I think most people would say, yeah, I, you know, I can align to that. But then I would also look at the culture, as I just mentioned, and say, you know, do I want to work with dynamic, diverse team members that are obsessed with winning, helping others, celebrating, giving back? It, I don't, you know, to me at LifeVantage, people work extremely hard. We have a very high bar. We are going to drive winning results. And if we fail, we're going to get back up and do it all over again. And, and if an individual doesn't have that stamina or tenacity or they don't want to get into the dance in, in, a, in that environment, that's fine. But I would say that's the culture here. Yeah. And, and I would also say, though, if you want to be a part of a winning team, and the other thing I'm really excited about is compensation. You know, in the past, I think we focused too much on short-term results. I think now with Evolve 360, it rewards long-term sustainable growth. Mm -hmm. And that takes more time to cultivate, nurture, and leverage the, the loyalty program. But it's, it's the right thing to do for the, or, the enterprise. And I would argue it's also the right thing to do for the individual. I totally agree with that. And, you know, one of the things you said something that just triggered another question for me, but you talked about, you said being obsessed with winning, which I, I love that. And this year, a big part of our messaging really at every event we've done since January has been go all in, be all into LifeVantage, be all into your business. As you kind of look back on your career in different times I, that you've been all in on something, what, what does that look like? What does it mean to you to be all in? You know, it, it's a, it's a tricky area because it's important in mind to be all in but not to the point where it impacts maybe your work-life balance, other yeah. areas of your life. <clears throat> but when I talk about being all in, I, I'm talking about, you know, 24-7. Now, that doesn't mean I'm working all the time, but I'm always thinking and I'm always, you know, focused in on what can we do better? What can we be doing differently? And look at yeah. failure as a learning experience and connecting uh, with you know, my peers and the people I work with and making sure they're all in. Um, but to me, it's, it's if we're going to be the best and we're going to drive winning results and we're going to help, you know, and make this a better world, you know, we are going to have to have a higher level of commitment and focus and openness to change than our competitive set. Yeah. And it's not just about working more hours. It's about working smarter and working collectively and breaking test tubes and testing things, 
you know, it's, it's really about, you know, con continuing to evolve and, be, and being a student for life, but also, you know, to be working harder and, and being more effective than our competitive set. Yeah. And I guess the last thing I would say is it, it can get you in trouble. I mean, there are times where my, my wife or daughter, it's like, you're working all the time. You, know, you got to spend more time with me. And, and, and to me, and that's, that was great feedback to me, those quality time with family and children and others, it's the quality of time. So when I'm with family or children, I'm a hundred percent in, I'm not sitting watching TV in the same room. And to me, that's the same thing as being all in when I'm at work, I'm working, you know, there's time to socialize over a cup of coffee, but after that, I'm prioritized and I want to get my work done so I can spend more time with family and, and doing other things. Oh, I love how you, I mean, personally, I can relate to that on a, on a lot of levels. Um, but I love how you talk about just being wherever you are, whether it's with family, working, whatever, you're all in on what you're doing. And I think, um, I think our, our consultants will really relate to that because, you know, the reality is, is this is a business that some people are building kind of in the nooks and crannies of their time. And it's easy to blur those boundaries. But um, I like thinking about it as being all in at whatever you're, whatever you're doing, you know, at the time. So I, I really like that. Um, you, you also said something that got me thinking. You talked about, you know, breaking the test tubes or failing quickly and then, and then moving on. Um, I don't know if you, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this, but just if we're thinking about this through the mindset of a consultant, you know, they come in, they start their business, they're really excited. They're ready to, you know, share with their best friend, their family, their mom, their dad, and they hear that word that nobody wants to hear. And it's no. And, you know, maybe it takes the wind out of yourselves. Have you ever had, have you ever experienced something like that where you're all excited and then maybe an adversity comes or something or a setback comes and how do you continue to progress forward without letting that no just completely stop you? It, it, it's a great question. And, and to me, it's, it's a key part of that is how you look at the no and the rejection. Mm -hmm. because to me, in order to su succeed, you're going to have to be facing no's. You're going to have to break test tubes and make mistakes. I mean, the, the, the greatest ideas and the biggest inventions are, you know, sometimes are, are, are failures and people just keep working it and then they find another insight. So back to how do you deal with no, to me, you know, I think it's important to be a student for life and to be open to rejection, open to change. And if you're a student of life, at least what I strive to do is see rejection as a learning experience. When I get turned down as a no, I don't, I get frustrated, but the, then my light goes on and says, okay, what could I have done differently? What did I do that I could have changed? You know, I got to try this differently. And I had one person tell me every time you receive a no, if you learn from it, you're one step closer to a yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. So yes, it's frustrating, but the, the key is looking at saying, what could I do differently next time? And then the next person or the next opportunity and continuing to, to learn from those experiences. The other um, uh, insight that I've received over time and learned from managers is to test, fail, learn and repeat. 
Test, and, fail, learn, repeat. Yeah, what, what my, one of my leaders told me is spend a little, learn a lot. So when I was in China, we tested three or four different products with different positions, and we didn't spend a lot of money. We, we tested, and one hit. And we took that one, and then we doubled down, we invested, and it was a breakthrough success. And if you look at a lot of private equity companies, that's in essence what they do. They will invest, let's say, in 10 different small companies and ideas. Mm -hmm. They only need one to hit. Yeah. So that means they got nine failures. There's nine areas where they invested money and they got the big donut. And that's pretty depressing. But if you get one that hits and then you can learn from that and then continue to cascade that one that hit, now it's a huge success. So instead of nine, nine failures, one, one success, I mean, now you have something that can drive incredible growth. So I think a lot of it is just perspective and and how do you how do you face or how do you deal with rejection? Well, and it, it, as you were saying that, the thought that came to mind was, you know, we're all going to face rejection every single day. You know, I mean, I have three kids; they tell me no probably thirty times before ten a.m. every day. But um, no, in all in all actuality, I think is if what I'm hearing you say, like kind of the thing that separates people though is when you hear no or when you're faced with adversity. Some people, that's just, I'm going to give up. But to be part of something amazing, it's I'm going to keep going. And that's, I don't know if you found, that's a mindset thing. Or what What do you think really separates people who are going to just be discouraged by it? And, you know, we might all have moments where we're like, is this worth it? Like, can I do this? But I think the good leaders, and I guess I'd wonder your perspective, but the good leaders are coming back every single time. Yeah. And I think it's, it ties back to being all in. If you're all in and you're going to win, one no is not going to derail you. Yeah. And as I mentioned, is if you look at it as a learning experience, and if I have, I wasn't in the Air Force, but I'm sure you saw Top Gun in a lot of the military, you know, when, when uh, the Blue Angels finish or, you know, when they are done, mm -hmm. first of all, after every run, they go back to a room, and the first thing they say is your title. You leave at the door, so it doesn't matter if you're the top gun or the junior person. You go in a room and you debrief, and you debrief what worked and what did not work, and then you focus in on what are we going to do differently to be more effective, to do a better job. And to me, that's kind of the perspective I take: is that when I get turned down, you know, then I go back into the war room and say. To myself, or if I'm when I was with my team, I'll sit down with my team and say, "Okay, let's debrief." Yeah. And what worked, or what do we need to change? And then we go out and do it all over the next day. Well, I, I think our consultants, what you just said, will relate to so much because it's one thing that inward look is so important. Of what did I do? What could I have done better? What did I do? Or maybe something went wrong. But as a team, what do we do better? How can we do better the next time around? Exactly. And I'm sure most people are aware of it. But if you watch baseball, I can pick any sport, but baseball, the greatest hitter of all time, I think it's Ty Cobb was, I want to say at best 400. But mm -hmm. if you hit 300%, you are like all-star team. So, I mean, that means you're getting a hit three out of 10. You're either striking out or you're getting out one way or the other seven mm -hmm. times or the best of all time. They fail six times, but he was successful four times. And I can assure you those those athletes at that level, I mean, it's like Michael Jordan. You hear about all his titles, but you don't hear about all the losses. Or Shaq's titles, you don't hear about all the free throws he missed. But their mindset is different because their yeah. mindset is, yeah, I failed, 
I'm going to learn from it, but I'm going to get better next time. And I'm going to be better than the person to my right or to my left. You know, Darwin, I know you have led some massive teams and organizations and and through change as well, too, and have been a part of some amazing, amazing projects. As a leader, how important was it for you to just always have that mindset? I think it, it has to start from the top. And I think they set the tone for the company. And I think it's similar to the, the C-suite and the CEO at, at LifeVantage. You know, and that's why I was excited when you took over sales. I mean, it's back to your basketball days in high school. And I do believe you don't have to be in athletics. I think being in some type of sports growing up helps you because mm-hmm. you start to learn how to be a part of a team. You learn how to lose, not lose, but you have to deal with losing. Yeah. And it, it builds that capability is, is, you know, do you have the desire to overcome that rejection and, and rise above it? So, you know, I, I, I think it starts at the top and you set the tone, but you also need to provide an environment where if people fail, they can see it as a learning experience and not a humiliation experience. Yeah. You have to provide an environment. If people are struggling, you're there to help them. And and that's the other thing that I'm so excited about, the pivot I'm seeing at LifeVantage. And I don't want to get into names, but the previous administration, it was all about corporate. And it was achieving what corporate wanted to achieve. And what Steve and you and others have done is what Walmart and a lot of the greatest companies in the world do. It's called servant leadership. And success isn't based on corporate having all the answers. Success is based on focusing on the needs and providing the support and the tools and the apps and the loyalty programs and the training programs, et cetera, et cetera, to in our case, the consultants. So the consultants win and to listen. And if a program's not working and they're failing and they're struggling is being shoulder to shoulder with them to help them succeed. And to me, that's a huge pivot in in to provide a culture where people feel comfortable of taking risks and that they may fail, but they know they'll still have the support of the enterprise. To me, that's a fantastic thing. It's tough to get there because when people fail, it's easy to point the finger. Well, the problem with this program is marketing. The problem with this is finance. The problem with this is distribution. The problem is this, this, this. It's tougher to say, this is a challenge we face as an enterprise, but we're going to figure yeah. it out. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And, you know, I think there's been a lot of examples where, you know, we've experienced a lot of big wins and you, you win as a team. You might have some of those upsets as a team. So I think that is spot on for what we've been through even in the past few months. I, I would agree. So, no, I, I love that. You know, you said something too, and I think it's interesting. Some of the best leaders that I've worked with in this industry have figured out something that is the game changer. And it's, they are only successful when they help somebody else be successful. And it might sound like a no, well, no duh, that's how it works. But I will tell you, and I would be interested to know if you've seen this even in your career too, but those leaders that I have worked with that have the biggest organizations have been all in on helping somebody else find success. And the more you can help somebody else be great, the better you grow as a team, the better we grow as an organization. But it's fascinating that 
we say it starts with a leader and it does, but that leader's focus should be on how can I help somebody else? Does that, have you found that in your, in your experience as well? Absolutely. And to me, that's part of the evolution of a leader. You know, when you start off, you, you tend to be, you may be the consultant, you may be driving the business. <clears throat> and then as you expand and you have other consultants report to you, <clears throat> then it's not just based on your individual contributions. Yes, those are important, but it's really based on your ability to lead, train and help others. And what I learned and focusing on is, is rise and lift. So as you rise up in the enterprise and you become you know, I have a, a bigger role, it's not, then your skill set also has to change because now you got to lift the people with you. And so you got to lead, you got to inspire, you have to listen, you have to help them on down days. And then you have to help them bring in other people to support them. So, you know, the role continues to evolve and change. And it's more about you know, it's not positional power. It's your ability to influence and inspire people and help them build their skill sets so that everybody rises and then they can lift people. And to your point, those are the, the, the most inspiring leaders yeah. are the ones that have larger and larger enterprises. And you say, well, how, how do they do that? How do they find enough time? But what I, I would you know suggest is they have continued to be open to change and they've involved, they've evolved their leadership. And that is the other key, whether or not you're new or existing is you can never be complacent and you have to constantly, I, I call it, and I still do it. I'm a student for life. And even today, I mean, I will listen to, you know, I, every morning when I walk, I, I go into my IG, I go TikTok, I go Facebook, I will go to NPR. I will go, you know, Fox News, CNN News, Tender, whatever, just to find out what's current. And where, whenever mm-hmm. I hear about something new and hot, like chat right now, or GPT chat, then I went into that. And I, you know, I started asking that questions for the, you know, the AI. And so I guess my point is, as human beings and as leaders, we all need to, in my mind, be a student for life. We all need to continue to evolve. And no pun intended, but, you know, Darwin, Charles Darwin, I mean, it's like, you know, you have to, it's not the big that eat the small, it's the fast and adaptable that eat the slow. So we all need to evolve and continue to be open to change. And sometimes as you get older, people are more resistant to change. It's like, this is the way we've always done it. And what I have found is, you know, I... I go back to Elon Musk. He says, I'm not afraid to dying. And he said, quite frankly, it's the best thing for society because if we lived forever, we'd be just a bunch of old people resistant to change. And civilization needs new people with new blood and youth and willing to challenge, you know, life. And that's the evolution. And that's why, you know, it's it's important for, for all of us, if you will. That I love that. I was taking tons of notes as you were saying that. A couple of things that came to mind, you used a couple of phrases that literally align to our new evolved compensation plan. And that kind of middle section of the plan, well, first of all, the plan is really broken down into three parts. It's the share part, the build and grow, and then the lead part. And as I was listening to you, I'm like, man, exactly what you are saying is when you first come in, it might be all about the individual contribution. And that's you sharing and building and finding a team, but eventually it's, it's growing and, and leading. And 
what I'm hearing you say is a good leader is always open to adapting and changing and is always curious at the end of the day. Exactly. Otherwise, they will be outdated and then people will see that and it won't be inspirational and the organization will become a dinosaur and somebody across the street will blow right by you. Yeah. Well, that is, I mean, and, and that's been the whole mission of LV360 and the Evolve plan that, you know, we've got the principles and the foundation for a great business, but our commitment is that it always stays relevant to what's going on in the world. Yeah. And I would just double click that. I, you know, I am so excited about Evolve 360. You know, I, I our old plan served great value for that point in time. Mm-hmm. But it, it was tended to be more focused in on on attracting short term volume, and, and the new plan is going to drive, you know, more incremental volume, but most importantly, sustainable volume. And then you overlay that with loyalty, and you lay that with the apps, and you overlay that. I mean, I went on the website today. It, it's just so refreshing and such an improvement in our story, and and everything now is starting to pull together, and, and you see that with the business results as strong as they are at the point where we're in probably the biggest inflection point of the history of the company. Yeah. So having said that, I'm extremely excited, but exactly to your point, but I'm not complacent. And that's the other thing I learned from the best in class people and companies. And I get in trouble sometimes for saying this is never be satisfied is celebrate your wins and enjoy it but never be completely satisfied because somebody's out there ready to knock you off. So you have to continue to evolve and, you know, whether it's next year or whenever, but at some point we're going to need evolve 2.0 and then evolve 3.0 and evolve 4.0. But, you know, as long as we have a great foundation, which we have now, we're in such a a strong position to win um, moving forward. We really are. And I think, you know, when you look at just the industry right now and what's happened over the past, you know, five years, maybe even two or three, um, it's it's changed quickly. And what I love about the Evolve Compensation Plan is it is so relevant for so many people who are looking to make an income. And not a lot of companies can say that they have that. Exactly. And the other thing I like about it is it, in my mind, aligns with different go-to-market approaches, with different approaches to drive the business. So whether or not, you know, it's face-to-face, whether or not it's Mm -hmm. getting together in groups, whether or not I would say more traditional, and I don't mean that negatively, or if it's purely with social selling and online and new content and different loyalty programs, it, you know, it has the, 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 the ability to, cut across the entire range. Yeah. So I, I think that's what's also is really special um, about the program. And, and I would just say that's the value of making sure we continue to stay close to our consultants and listen to them and incorporate their feedback. And, you know, it's kind of what I would call a virtuous circle. Once you get where I think we are now, you get the right program and now we get growth and we can invest in more capabilities, then we get more profits, and then we have more money to invest, and we can invest in more people. I mean, you get that virtuous circle, and you get that that momentum, and I used to call it mojo. You get that mojo going, and then all of a sudden, life seems easy. 
but you have to remember it's not easy because once you lose it, it's so hard to get it back. Yeah. So I think we're in really good space. I think you see that, you know, with the, the business results. But like I said, I feel good, but I, I never get complacent. I, I love that. And I mean, that to me is just the mark of, of a true leader is, yeah, things are going great, but let's always be forward thinking of, of what's next. So I, I love how you shared that. Um, well, I'm going to start out with kind of a similar question. I'm going to end, I mean, with a similar question that we started with. And that is, you know, if you put yourselves in the shoes of that person who's ready to just push and roll and to join as a life vantage consultant, you know, maybe this is their first time as an entrepreneur starting a business. If you could give them just one piece of advice, one last piece of advice, what what would that be? Um. Well, I would give them three pieces. If I that may. is even better. Okay. And some of this may be redundant, so I apologize. It's all important. It's, it's If it's redundant, it just means it's really good. But it comes back to your first one comes back to your question is how do you deal with no or when it's not working? And what I've learned is you need to be a student for life and open to change. And so a student for life, it's back to, for every rejection, it's a learning experience. Do not get upset or depressed. You can get upset for, you know, five minutes, but then pivot and say, okay, what can I do differently next time? Mm -hmm. Two is, as I mentioned, continue to learn and build new skills, new insights every day. You know, just continue to listen and there's insights, there's trends, there's ideas, some of the the greatest companies, the ideas were not developed by the company. They were stole by somebody else. I'm not saying stealing, but if you look at, you know, Bill Gates at Microsoft, a lot of his insights came from jobs. If you look at jobs, a lot of his insights came from IBM. I mean, insights, you know, so always be open. And as I mentioned, it's important in my mind to stay current on trends and the internet the social selling, whatever the trend is, you you know, AI or, you know, chat AI. And then the other one that we talked about is to be open to change. Because if you see all of these new trends and new ideas, that's going to, I would suggest, going to require you to make some changes. And then I would just test it. And if it fails, I learn from it. And then I do it all over again until I get that one that hits. And the second area that would be my counsel is stay focused because there's going to be, it's easy to lose focus. And it's, and if you start to lose focus on what's most important, then you have no focus. And at least for me, and I still do it, I'll either type it or I'll put it on my iPhone. I list my long-term, my short-term and my weekly priorities. And even now I, I have daily priorities. And if you talk to Elon Musk or a lot of the, the successful people, they just go to their A list. Instead of trying to treat everything equally, I think it's important to focus in on, on what's most important. Because you only have so many hours or you only have so many calories a day and you have to prioritize in order to maximize your life so you can spend less time working and more time doing other things. And then the third area that uh, I would recommend as a piece of advice is stop and smell the roses. Mm. And what I mean by that is life goes so fast. And especially when things are going well, time will fly. 
So my counsel is to make sure you celebrate not only the big wins, but the small wins. And that will also inspire other consultants, other team members, and yourself. And do not become obsessed with your destination. What is your goal? What's your long-term goal? Yeah, you can be obsessed. You can be focused, but don't be obsessed. Make sure you enjoy the journey. I love that. Stop and smell the roses. Like It's true, though. And, and I like how you tied that back into sometimes that might inspire something even. It's not just about celebrating. Sometimes that just stop and reflect inspires kind of the next thing. I, and I've never thought about it in that way. Well, exactly. And, you know, sometimes it's just um, it's not only inspiring, but it's good, I think, for your health and your soul and your well-being. Of just taking time, it's it to me and I started doing this now, it's, it's a form of meditation. It's just I'm going to put things into focus and just kind of, you know, reflect and relax and put myself at ease and, and just, you know, be happy with life because there's so much stimulus, there's so much change, there's so much pressure, there's so much, so much, so much. Sometimes, I, you know, our mind controls us. And what I've learned is we need to control the mind. And stopping and smelling the roses is an example where we control the mind. We're saying, mind, we're going to take a break and we're just going to reflect we're going to celebrate. We're going to spend some time. It's going to be me time right now. And I think, you know, that that will help you uh, in your journey long term. I love that. Well, Darwin, thank you so much. I know that our Life Vantage family is just going to be eating up all of this content. This has been an incredible podcast. So thank you for joining Activation Nation. My pleasure. Thank you, Kristen. You're doing a fantastic job. And, and just in closing, I just want to say I am all in at LifeVantage, and I've never been more excited about the future and the opportunities at LifeVantage than I am right now. So congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Activation Nation podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tell your friends and share your biggest takeaways from today's discussion with anyone who could benefit from them. This episode is sponsored by Life Vantage Legacy, a nonprofit dedicated to improving lives and building a lasting impact for those in need around the world. Learn more at lifevantage.com. We look forward to sharing more with you during next week's conversation. Thanks for listening and being an important part of the Life Vantage community.